The Rewind 80s Mixtape Tour is coming to Tweed Heads, the stage show that performs all the greatest from the 80s. Friday, October 28th, Twin Towns Showroom. Get your tickets before they go-go or check out rewind80sband.com. Remote tonight, aren't we, Sammy? We are. Yeah, mate, it's one of those weeks, isn't it, where we're just both so busy. Very busy. And, uh, like, I've got three days rehearsals with Sudo starting tomorrow. Then that's over the weekend. And then just flat out with shows, Mm -hmm. which is good. And you've got a baby. How's daddy land? Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, good sort of, oh, God, so much happening personally at the moment. But, yeah, getting getting through. Yeah, right. Yeah. Very testing. Yeah. Oh, cool, babe. Well, that's good. So um, we are going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? Talking about sort of late bloomers in the 80s, people that sort of, hit fame uh, late, sort of later in life. And, I mean, you say later in life and it sounds like sort of, you know, nano territory. But the thing you got to remember is in the 80s, if you were sort of, God, over 30, even like in the music industry over 25, that was considered old, Old. you know. Absolutely. So if you were sort of, um, if you were making it in show business in, in your 30s, and 40s for the first time, that was quite a big deal. You know, that was very unusual. And the funny thing is when we were watching these artists as kids, we never assumed they were much older. Yeah. We just loved the music and the look. And I think when it comes to an older artist, they're much more grounded. 
like it's not like they're a child star and they take a row of heroin or whatever they do, you know, and lose themselves. <laughs> they yeah. uh, they actually can handle fame a little bit better and I think become really great business people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're, they're, they've just got their head screwed on, you know. They've, they've seen a few things, they've experienced life a bit and sort of the fame really doesn't fuck with their heads like it does sort of somebody that's a bit younger. No, no. And also it's not like they – I mean they pr- were probably prominent in their – in singing or acting and already doing that but it wasn't until they did one thing or an album or a movie where we all went, oh, my God, this is amazing, when they've probably been working for 10 to 12 years. It just happens at times for different people. Yeah, yeah. A lot of sort of, uh, you know, opportunities were coming at these people. It's not as if they sort of came into the industries late, but it's like they didn't get their sort of big burst until uh, they they were of a certain age. That's right. So we did play Heart of Glass by Blondie uh, and that is 79 really, 78, 79, but I remember it going through the discos in the 80s as well like in the start mm. of the 80s and it was always on 3XY and I just wanted to play Heart of Glass. I think it's a banger to start the show with. I love it. I love it too. So Blondie or well, Deborah Harry was one of those artists that was sort of hit her fame at, at 30 or 31. Yeah, it's funny because she was sort of – there's something really mysterious about her when they first came out and, and I – you know, she she had quite a kooky act um, and I think people found it really hard generally to, to pin her down. You know, she was a bit of an enigma. Um, and, and I always remember her age getting brought up. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Because she was old she was older than the band. She was, you know, she really? was sort of Really? Yeah, yeah. And mm. um, it's funny because it becomes an issue when, for some reason, when it's women. Well, not only that, women weren't around that much. You know what I mean? You're talking 70s. There wasn't many women front women. You know what I mean? Women, no, that's Front right. women yeah. sort of came into norm 83, 84 and then they were still pushing it, you know. Mm. But Blondie was punk really, you know, and they yeah. had albums out from 1977 Plastic Letters, 1979 was Parallel Lines, which is what this came off, Heart of Glass. And, yeah. you know, she was, I think, yeah, 31. So she was born July the 1st, 1945 in Miami, Florida, and she was yeah. adopted as an infant. Oh, I didn't know that about her. Yeah. So she was actually adopted. So she would have been a little bit of a misfit as well in her own mm. head. And that's yeah. what creates these amazing artists, I think, with their background. Yeah. And I think people of a certain age have a lot more to say, I must say. I think they do. They've been there. They've done that. They've, you know, had the bad relationships, the fucking mortgage that's, you know what I mean? And yeah. I just think it's an awesome time but we I never really heard anything about her age in 78 I was we had a record player and mm. my cousin showed me this track Heart of Glass and I thought it was amazing and this was 78 79 she kept putting the the same song on over and over and over again and then when yeah. I saw the video I never ever assumed 
that she was, I don't know, 25 years old or whatever she was, mm. you know, compared yeah. to me, you know. Mm. And I was kind of like, who cares? She still had an amazing look and something to aspire to. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I think it's something that sort of radio DJs really became obsessed with um, because she, she gave off such a sort of don't fuck with me attitude and, and, and they just couldn't sort of work her out. And I think once word sort of got out that she wasn't fucking 18, um, people were constantly trying to find out her age and, uh, and I remember sort of in interviews her getting pissed off about and trying to sort of trying to sort of divert the conversation. Not that she fucking cared, but she she just was like, it's not it's not an interesting question, you know. She did sort yeah. of dodge it. She didn't want to be judged, which yeah. is fair enough. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's sort of the, the, this sort of that kind of dialogue for some reason it becomes sort of fodder when it's women, not so much when it's men, you know. Yeah, like yeah, we were yeah, looking yeah. at a, We were looking at a few tonight and one of them was um, – one of them originally was Harrison Ford, you know. Like he didn't yeah. get his big break in Star Wars until he was in his 30s. Yeah. And um, it never really got brought up, you know. It's if it's If it's a man, it doesn't really – Register, you know, it's just it's just so strange that it's when it's a woman, if you sort of are establishing yourself and you're not eighteen, for some reason it's a big deal. I never I never understood that. Mm. Yeah, look, it is. I went to my singing lessons when I was little, and I remember my singing teacher telling me at twenty three, "Oh, you've missed the door, you've missed the opportunities," oh. you know, and that was something they said to you, like. If they yeah. were ambitious or they had not made it themselves, it was like, oh, well, you've got to be 23 and, and sexy. But, see, the times have changed now where you can become a viral sensation at 60, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, all, exactly. And and the thing is I hate that as well because there's no real thought process behind a viral sensation except for what you're doing at the time to make it. Uh, but I think – I, I never really heard about her her age at all. I wasn't even concerned. Maybe that's because I was a woman but I mm. never heard anything like that, them worrying yeah. about it. Because they brought out so much music in that three years uh, from 77, so many songs that she just looked better and better each time you saw her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she you know? did. And the good thing about music is you stay young and you do seem a lot younger than what, what you are. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So Blondie was our first, or Blondie the band, but Deborah Harry, the female artist, was or the front woman was our first one. And I, I actually didn't know that to be honest with you. I was very wow, really. I knew people, you know, we're coming up to a few now, but mm. Blondie, I really didn't. I just thought she was so young, like twenty one yeah. or something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the Australian producer Mike Chapman uh, did uh, Parallel Lines. So she met him in LA and or Miami I think and they got their album produced by him. So there's an Aussie involved in that as well which is pretty cool. He was there the producer. Go. 
Awesome. Chris Stein and Deborah Harry wrote that song. So that was one of their demos they gave Mike Chapman and he went, yeah, this isn't bad. Yeah. But anyway, the next one we're going to go through to is one of my favourites because I remember this happening. Again, did not care about her age, didn't worry about it, but here we go. Sorry, guys, that was a bad edit, but I liked the second version of it because it sounded like Scritty Politty. And I was like, oh, that's so Scritty Politty, the Oprah theme. Yeah. Talking about yeah. Oprah Winfrey. That Did was you the show theme. She was when 32. She a... Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah? In the 80s, absolutely. I was obsessed mm. in Oprah. I thought she was smart, she was intelligent, uh, she was passionate, she was. Talking about issues. It was just when the spiritual thing came in and everyone was like, oh, let's get spiritual. Not physical, spiritual. And uh, then Oprah came out and she was really engaging to me at that age. I loved it's it. It's funny how her show really developed over time as well. Like she sort of, when she started, like a lot of those talk shows were actually kind of, I don't know, teetering on being quite trashy. If you remember sort of Phil Donahue. And yeah, he was before. Yeah, that's right. He was before. He was he was sort of the big one right before Oprah and then she completely eclipsed him, you know. Um, I think he but, had something to do with it though. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm, yeah. I think um, he had. They were close. They did. You know, they, they were sort of contemporaries. Who was the other one that, that always gets brought up? Not Ricky Lake but um, another guy in talk show land from the 80s. I don't know. Oh, what's his name? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. um, talk shows used to sort of attract the crazies, you know, like because they, they would have a live studio audience and – um, you know, things would get really whipped up and it's amazing sort of Oprah's show. I don't know. For some reason hers was always slightly more sophisticated but it just kept sort of de- developing in that direction and I guess rather than the focus be on, you know, she started getting celebrities on her show and then it became, you know, really like a celebrity talk show. You know, it mm, wasn't mm. wasn't so much people come coming on and fucking airing their dirty laundry. It was mm. it was sort of more 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 celebrity uh based, you know. So, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, it was interesting because it wasn't like um, a talkback show or a talk show where you were fucking telling your ex-husband to get fucked. It was about <laughs> how you felt internally and it was about 
what you should do to make this happen in your life. And it was quite inspirational and, and if all the feels were there, you know. Uh, yeah. But it was produced by King King World, I think, or King mm-hmm. Word. And the late 80s. So she was a newsreader but mm-hmm. they sacked her from that because I think it was um, – yeah, she was an anchor for a newsreader show and then they sacked her because she got too emotional. The one thing she did make a mistake in though was she um, interviewed the KKK to show the racism problem in America and what it did is it made the KKK bigger because it was on TV. So it sort of had that adverse effect. So that's yeah, when right. she needed to change the show to because she was doing it out of the goodness of her own heart to say, you know, let's talk about it and sort this shit out. And then yeah. it just made them bigger. So she had to really change the formula from then. Yeah. And, you know, because it, it just became huge. But I remember being on school holidays and that was my go-to show during the day. Yeah. It was about 2 o'clock or 2.30 or just after – some other bloody Australian show and I really enjoyed it because I thought it was inspirational. She brought on inspirational people and then she started to get into the celebrities and all that stuff and then I kind of got over it. It's funny, sort of there were – she did have a lot of competition in the 80s. Um, You know, Jerry Springer was the one that I was trying to think of but remember Sally Jesse Raphael? There was that as well. There was – uh, America I had Jerry Geraldo was Rivera. More 90s. Jerry Springer. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was I think after he originated the fact. in the 80s, but you know, right. I guess we can look it up. Yeah. Because uh, it was, I remember watching, I mean, I got caught up in Jerry Springer as well. Mm. And then I just went, nut trailer trash. It's just scripted, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I left um, it alone. Uh, I, I guess Oprah, Oprah had the added, added benefit is that I, she was she was a great actress. Remember from um, the Color Purple with yeah. uh, Whoopi Goldberg, she was amazing in that. Mm, mm. So she did a great job. Thirty two, and I remember her hair. I remember her coloured clothes. I remember that she was coloured, which was really unique. It was a time that she would have had to broken through those barriers as well, because it wouldn't yeah. have been easy to get on TV like that. You know what I mean? Because mm. Americans were fucked up. They were so conservative that this woman comes on, and everyone loves her. You know, and still yeah. loves her. You know. Yep, audiences just had a, a good connection with her. Absolutely. I remember the time. Remember the time. Now the next one is a good one as well. I love it. Now I'm I'm going to play this song to give you a clue of who it is and it is 78 as well. There was a lot of strong songs in 78 that I didn't realise. But it's just so camp. If you drive in your car and you're feeling like you got a shit job and you want to change your life, this is the song that will do it.
There you go, the Rocky Orchestra, Bill Conti. Great track, Sliced I love alone. it. Sliced Stallone. Sliced is who we're talking about. Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone, yeah, that's right. Italian 30, Stallion. Yeah. 30 years of age when Rocky came out. His story's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like just a struggling actor in New York, like was literally starving. Um, homeless. Sold, sold his dog at one point for money. What? Yeah, sold his dog for money and then uh, one of the first wages he made, he went back and bought the dog back. Oh, my God. Fucking so sad. But he, um, yeah, very driven. You know, it's such an underdog story. Um, he made his big bro- uh, break um, in 76 as Rocky but yep. then went on to just completely dominate throughout the 80s. He That's was right. huge. Yeah. Absolutely. He was de- mm. definitely prominent in the 80s, which is why I think he's one we've got to talk about because, yeah, look, you know, there's one word that, that if you look at all these artists and that is resilience and when you are resilient, you you just wait, you know, you just keep waiting and you keep waiting and then some little tit-tat comes along and then you get something and it, it's never – it's a lot harder now too. Like it would have been a lot easier in the 80s because there was no social media, you know. So everyone was either with an agent and had to work hard wherever they were, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, you, you've got, got to have a lot of patience to be in showbiz. You oh. know, if you're a If you're an impatient person, you, you won't last. Nah. And you got to be good as well. You got to be good. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. you got to be available. You got to be there. You got to be fucking living it, man. And and I think when you live it, it has to come your way, or otherwise you just like fucking hell. What am I doing? You know. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, Sylvester Stallone. I loved. I never got into the Rockies movie. That was a bit masculine for me. But I remember a lot of young kids, like my brother and watching Sylvester and he was 30, you know, and yeah. he would have been going, God, he looks great, but he was 30, man. That was a big age. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Rocky was the first film I ever saw at the cinema, at the drive-in. Right, okay. Obviously not when it came out in 76, um, but. Um, Rocky three yeah, maybe. Had a, had a, no, nah, the first one, but it was, you know, oh, yeah. it was, it wasn't a new release. It was just happened to be on at the at the drive-in that night. But it always had a really big impact on me. You know, like I couldn't watching films as a little kid. I could I didn't realize that they weren't real. Like you, you absolutely sort of believe, you know, that what you're seeing is is reality. And um, mm. he he was like, you know, he was like an icon for me um, growing up. Rocky wanted to and that's be right. Rocky. You know. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, having that childhood and that uh, upbringing and waiting until you're 30 to get that gold star, that fucking mm. – sh- it's amazing how life takes you on this journey so that that role would have been really close to his heart with how yeah, he he's dealt it. through his – yeah, well, that's right. So with the way it felt for him and the way it felt for people that were coming up in the world as a fighter, like he wasn't a fighter – but mm. it was still a parallel of 
fucking all industries that have a dream. Like I was talking about it today with my hairdresser and I said, you know, nowadays because I had a work experience student last week, she came and saw a show, she came and saw Bunjil and she was like, I want to do work experience at your house and I'm like, really? I don't know if there's much to do and and anyway, I had her and uh, my point is we were talking about what she wants to do with her life and she was like, I want to be an influencer or I want to be a YouTuber, right? Now, in my day in the 80s or the 70s, when you said you wanted to be a singer, which is sort of the same shit, you're taking the same risks. It's not like everyone goes viral, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a big deal to say that. But now everyone's like, I want to be an influencer or or a... She wasn't saying this at all but I'm just thinking about kids that they want to be a YouTuber. We couldn't say that because we were picked on if you wanted to be an artist. You know what I mean? Like it was it's yeah. a just different world where everyone's sort of, oh, yeah, you can do that. That That's okay. You can do this imaginary world of being an influencer. You know what I mean? And it's, the thing is it's, though, the kids at schools all say that they want to be an influencer and a YouTuber and stuff and – you then ask them, oh, yeah, what what kind of content do you want to, you know, what, what you know, you, the YouTube is going to be what brings them to your content. What What's your content going to be? Is it going to be, you know, singing? You're going to do skits? Like what is it? And they don't know. No, they don't. They think it just happens. Yeah. yeah they, you know, the, the, the sort of focus is the instant fame of like having direct access to your potential audience and they don't yeah. – it's the fame that they're focusing on. It's not – there's not an art form there. That's what really worries me. I had well, a, yeah. I actually had a really affirming day today. I, I um, took the kids at school to see Hamilton. You know the musical Hamilton? Yeah, great. It's yeah. fucking amazing. I could imagine. It is so, so good and it just – what I loved is that sort of later on the bus they were saying that they wanted to be singers and dancers and actors. And I was like, thank fuck, because they've gone yeah. and seen something that they wouldn't have normally seen. And, you know, for, for some of the kids it was the first musical they've ever seen and, uh, for, you know, even first live performance, some of the kids. And, yeah, to see them... You just get completely swept. They, they were they were crying in parts. The kids, you know, laughing and screaming. They just had like the day of their life. And I was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, there you go, kids. That's that's fucking how it's done. You know, not not as an influencer commenting on other people's lives and work and whatever. Yeah, but in saying that. We never had the balls to even go that far in the 80s where if we did go on a school excursion and saw, I don't know, a show, you always had to keep it quiet. You couldn't say anything still. Nowadays because of the bullshit social media thing, it's a lot more – it's a lot open to sort of say I want to be a singer. Like I never – I used to lie and say, oh, I'm going to be a vet, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which was my second option but the years of study – I mean, mm. fuck, probably would have been better off, but the years <laughs> of study just wasn't me at all, you know. Yeah, nah. yeah. And uh, I remember being petrified in actually saying to anyone I wanted to be a creative because you were brought up academic. That was it. Academic, yeah. 
and you had all this stuff. I mean, we had economic classes where we were taught how to fill out checks and 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 write bills and and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah. kids wouldn't even know how to do that now, you know. No. But that's great that the kids want to do that. I mean, they say that, which is awesome, you know. It's when they get and do it and they go, oh, fuck, I've got a footy match that uh, can't go to fucking rehearsals. Like that shit's got to stop, right? Yeah. And that's where the um, problem is. That's where the problem is. That was sort of when I was directing the school musical like just – Two months ago, whenever it was, I did we we did Aladdin. That was my biggest ob- obstacle. Is like, no, you have to prior- prioritize this show over everything else. So I'm sorry, you either you either do this show or you go and do whatever it el- else it is you're doing. I don't want to hear about your, your clashes with your bowling lessons and shit. For fuck's sake! Oh my god! And every you know. Everybody wants you to sort of value their fucking things that they do outside the show. It's like, I couldn't give a fuck. You're in the show or you're not, you know. It's your choice. Yeah. Yeah, I mm. get that with the band though, babe. It just mm. never ends. It's It doesn't matter. They grow up, they either have one way or the other, you know. I don't think anyone ever changes. And then they meet someone and then they, you know, I mean – it's really your own business at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like you just, oh, really? You know, um, so there are different forms of resilience and and actually finding the right people to fill in. But, yeah, school production, if they're doing that at that age, they've fucking got no hope, you know what I mean? No hope. Absolutely. You know, I never said that. If I had a fucking audition or I was in a band, I never fucking skipped anything. You know, I did that Jewish reception band for fucking 28 years, man, and missed one gig because I was sick, you know. Different world for some people. And Maddie's the same. It's like me, you know, going to Brian from Pseudo, oh, I can't do next week because I'm fucking feeling like I want to go and watch my nephew play fucking footy. It is a different world at the moment. And I think yeah, it's hard. It's hard, you know. It was more exciting when you started and it wasn't as visual almost, like you didn't know where you were going, where now you can yeah. go somewhere and just follow each everyone else and, and just go there, you know. But, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, good on um, fucking Sylvester. Now that – can you hear me? I've lost myself here. Hang on. Yeah, um, yeah. I think – that footy, that sh- that um, theme, gonna fly now, was used in. Um, my dad used to uh, do junior footy, like he used to coach junior footy, and that was the song he brought the players out to, and they won the grand final because of it. Oh wow! Because the song was so inspirational, mm. and I don't think the kids would have known the movie. They were too young; they were like ten, you know. But yeah. The song has a feeling about it. And I've talked about this before with this song, Gonna Fly Now. It has a feeling about it where you like, yes, you know what I mean? So hope you enjoyed yeah. that drive into your dumb shit job. Everyone out there in the morning. <laughs> now this one was your one and great, love it. I don't know much about her but let's play a scene from this movie and it's pretty goddamn 
funny. So what can I get you? I've got scotch, I've got vodka, I just I should be in the Cut this shit, will you? Just cut it! I don't know what you're up to. But I'm gonna tell you it's gonna stop right now. No, it's not gonna stop. It's gonna go on and on until you face up to your responsibilities. What responsibilities? I'm pregnant. I'm gonna have our child. Alex, that's your choice, honey. That has nothing to do with me. I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Showing up at my apartment? Well, what am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. You don't get it. You just, you don't get it. Don't you remember our weekend? It wasn't that good. Oh, I fucking love that movie. There we go, Glenn Close. That clip there is from, I guess, her big break, which is Fatal Attraction. Um, yes. She fascinates me. I, I love her. And she's, oh, God, I think the thing about Glenn Close is that uh, she, she, she really did explode with Fatal Attraction, but all of the performances that she did before in the 80s, were real quality, but they sort of weren't trendy or flashy, you know. Um, she did she did The World According to Garp in 82. She did The Big Chill in 83. The fir- her first three big film roles. Uh, she did a she did a she also did a play in 83 in Broadway. She sort of had her roots on Broadway. She was a big theater actress. The play that she did in 83 she won a Tony Award for Best Actress. The three films that she did before Fatal Attraction, she got uh, nominations for Best Supporting Actress for Oscars. And then she did Fatal Attraction in 87 and Dangerous Liaisons in 88, which she was incredible in as well, both nominated for Best Actress for Academy Awards. So sort of every performance that she did do going through was just incredible you know might have been fatal attraction that was the one where she you know was it was a big boom for her but um you know within the industry she she has always been really esteemed and um she just blows me away she's so intense so how old was she when she did the couple of movies before i don't know i um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do the math. She, in 87, she I, – I always – there are many different sort of accounts about – she was always considered to be like an older woman and she wasn't really. She was in her – I think she was 36 when she did Fatal Attraction. But right, I mean okay. to have that kind of big – she won that role over a, like a heap of younger actresses. They really wanted her because they had seen her on Broadway, and um, yeah. um, the yeah the I mean the great thing is that she sort of beat a lot of younger starlets that were going to go up against Michael Douglas in the film, and it just made it more realistic, like him having an affair with like a woman of of his age group, and there was just something more grounded about this older woman losing it because um, she had fallen for this married man and it went crazy, you know. There was there was just something a, a, 
I don't know, more brittle about it all than if it had have been a younger woman and it was more flippant in a way. You know, it just ga- gave it a gave it a groundedness and a seriousness. The fact that she was a little a little bit older in that role. Yeah, well, from my experience, the older the woman, the fucking crazier they are. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think a young woman has those skills of manipulation. Unless they're fucking got the worst parents in the world. Yeah. Some do, but, I mean, they're usually 25 to 40, you know, and there's that ticking bell that goes at 25 where you've got to get married and have kids. Like I remember hearing it in my head going, oh, my God, I'm 25. I've got to be married by 30. You know, that was the thing. But I think every little boy, teenage boy should watch this movie and understand this shit fucking happens. I've run bands for 35 years or I've been in bands and I've seen this shit happen and it's fucking scary, you know? Yeah. I never, ever made friends with the crazies the boys went out with in the band because there was always something fucking wrong with them and you'd have to be because if you – and I mean I'm talking about a cover band. It's not like they're fucking – the Rolling Stones, you know what I mean? That would be even worse. But at least you can contain that because you can keep away from these people. When you're in a band like a cover band or, you know, like whatever, in a band where you're accessible, it becomes even crazier where, you know, fuck you remember the days we were at the spot and Matty used to find shit on his car from chicks, you know, and stuff like that. And it was like really, you know, and – Moving into here with Maddie, we had that fucking whore that used to hang out with Maddie that was playing <laughs> games with me before I moved in with him yeah. and saying, what are you going to do if you're working in South Yarra? How are you going to do it? And all the, the whole time she was scheming to get me out of this house, you know out what I mean, or not yeah. to move out. So yeah. I've really – and I, you know what, I'm a really fucking good woman when it comes to playing with other people's men in a band. I will not fuck their men. I will not fucking go near them. Women have said to me, I fucking trust you. I know you're fine. You're not going to fuck around and blah, 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 blah. And that is something I've had to deal with all my life mm. is that I've had to prove to women that are decent – that go out with band members or actors or whatever, that I'm okay and it's fucking tiring, man, you know. That's the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that this movie would be something I would show kids instead of a sex educational movie. (laughs) I know it sounds bizarre but it's fucking fantastic for – because it's not actually a movie. This shit happens. You know? Yeah. And they're married. They don't care. They don't care if you're married. You're giving them attention. They're fucking nuts. And, you know, and I know some women will be listening to this going, well, she's being too harsh, but am I fucking really? Are you that woman, motherfucker? Am I being too harsh? You know what I mean? I think it's fucking, oh, look, I've never... I've always gotten along really well with men. I think men are less manipulative. They'll fuck you and chuck you and won't fucking put up with the shit. But it's um, – I think I think it was just easier. I, I just think it was – when I watched this movie I actually got scared and then I, I started yeah. living it out as I got older. Yeah. It scares me too. Like this, this film – 
verges on horror. Like it's 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 actually Absolutely. really scary. Yeah, she was actually thirty nine when she played um, uh, Alex Forrest. The Alex, name of the yeah. Is. yeah, yeah. Now this is the one where she boils the bunny or not. Yeah, fucking 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a big thing at the end of the 80s or the oh, at the end of the 80s to call a chick a bunny boiler. Oh, she's a fucking bunny boiler, you know. So it gave us that. God, it was funny. I would be like, oh, my, because Batesy, my friend Batesy, who before he was married and found the right chick, would always go out with these fucking mental cases and, and my friend Eddie, who's a DJ, would say, oh, my God, she's a bunny boiler, she's a bunny boiler. It was the funniest shit ever. It was like the funniest joke ever. Because they bought in the, in the kid, they bought, uh, in the movie, they bought the little kid a bunny and yeah. then she got really, uh, she got really fucked off and, and fucking they come home and this bunny is, <laughs> this bunny is in like a big pot on the stove. Oh, oh fucking. Horrific. So, so full on. Mm. Horrific. Yeah. So Glenn Close, so for, I think she looked amazing at 39 in that movie. She did. She looked beautiful. Like, she- you know, great, great body, sort of beautiful skin, very intense face. You know, like yes. in yes. in Dangerous Liaisons, oh, my God, just the, the acting that she does with very, very little of her face uh, yes. is just incredible. And then um, she's able to be very big. Like she's she's actually uh, quite dramatic in roles like Sunset Boulevard that she was really famous for uh, on, on stage. Um, so, yeah, there's not too many actresses like Glenn Close. She's phenomenal. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. I, I love that movie. I think it was the movie of the 80s for, yeah. for a lot of us, you know, because yeah. it just it wasn't family friendly. It was fucking mental, you know. Mm. Yeah. But uh, good on Glenn Close. So the next one is one that maybe some people don't know. I certainly didn't know when I was watching Countdown. Let's have a listen to it.
Cindy Lauper. Remember they used to do this song on the puppet show? Yeah, I'm thinking of doing it now as I love it. Yeah. Such an easy vocal. Such an easy yeah. vocal. It's one of her low, lowest vocals. Yeah. Really normal. Yeah, because she's very, very high, Cindy. And uh, this one is very comfortable. And I, I I didn't actually mind the way he programmed that, mm. but whatever. It's, uh, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it a lot. So she was 30 when this came out in 83. Yeah, so girls just want to have fun. She was, yeah, 30. And then she was on Countdown. I remember being on Countdown and all the girls were dancing with her. Would never have assumed she was 30 in a million years. Yeah. And then she kind of talked like this. Yeah, yeah. And you're just going, that's not a 30-year-old. I mean, I, I'm, I love the fact that she was older because she really put it on that she was younger. Yeah. And it's not her fault. It's just the industry hasn't caught up to her, you know. Yeah, that's She right. had bands and stuff. She was going, she was in Blue Angel. She was doing pubs and clubs and that fantastic one in, in the, uh, in America, in LA. Heebie-jeebies, was it? Heebie-jeebies. I mean, Blondie mm-hmm. did the heebie-jeebies and they were definitely out there. But this is a really interesting time for female artists where we were just starting to crack Crack the, you know, the 80s, the start of the 80s. Um, if you weren't in a band and you were a solo artist, it was a little bit different, you know? Yeah. So Cindy Lauper, 30, during Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And incredible. Still doing it now too, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. She's still giving it a crack. It's sort of... And- I've, I love how she's developed her act as well over time. Yeah, well, the thing is she's done it in her own time and her own way and yeah. she keeps doing it, you know. Like it's – I think when – I don't know what it is with people but the older you get, you get more resilient and some people just don't. They go off and do some other thing but yeah. if you're into it, you're into it and I think – um. You kind of see the difference with people every now and then. You go, oh, yeah, you say you're this but you're not, you know. And it's very interesting and one person springs to mind when I say that. And you've just got to be, if you're going to do it, do it. Don't talk about it on Facebook. Don't fucking do shit. Just do it, you know. And it's really hard. But she had... Like she's still doing – I mean, look, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, she's released a couple of times in different sort of genres, which is awesome. But not only that, she's been a real mouthpiece for the the community, with the gay community and people like that with her sister and all that kind of thing. And it's just incredible. She's just not – unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love her. All right, so I've got a commercial today. Awesome. And I was watching Studio 10 as I do in the morning when I get up and there was this wanker on TikTok doing this fucking stupid dance and songs and stuff and I thought, hey, we haven't even 
done a commercial about this subject. So I will play it now. Meats keep meatier, beets keep beatier, chips keep chippier, dips keep dippier. Tupperware freshness, that's our promise. Look at all the ways we keep it. Come to a Tupperware party and see all the new ways you can lock in freshness. Beans, greens, cheese, teas, potato, tomato, salami, pastrami. Jams keep jammier, hams keep hammier, cakes keep cakier, flakes keep flakier. Tupperware freshness, that's our promise. Look at all the ways we keep it. Tupperware. I love it. Very wow. 80s, very 70s and 80s. That's a really fucking annoying jingle. I actually think it's really clever. Mm. Chips keep chippier, pee. I love it. I thought it was really good for the 80s. I thought it was nah, a fucking wanna, very good jingle. I'd want to kill know? myself on the second listen of that. Yeah, it's, well. I don't sort of put it in in my head with Tupperware. No, it was, it was 1980, so it was... Long, long time ago. Yeah. You know? Tupperware don't do commercials, babe. They started doing it and then they became a household thing where you didn't advertise, you did the house mm. parties. You know what I mean? It was word so of mouth, I th- yeah. Word of mouth, that's right. So at the start maybe they did for the house parties but this was the first thing where they went, shit, we can make fucking $3,000 at a house party mm. of plastic stuff. I love Tupperware. I've always loved Tupperware. Like that's been, I don't know, I just love it, you know. Weren't, um, but weren't sort of like, uh, you know, those, those get-together sort of sales parties big in the 80s? Like you yes. do, you know, women would do lingerie, they do Tupperware, yeah. uh, Avon, yeah. they, you know, have sort of cosmetics party. Was it, was it yeah. Nutramedics Mary or Kay. something from the 80s? Yeah, Mary Kay. Mary Kay, yeah. They yeah, were really huge. big and it was sort of like, you know, while the hubby was out to sort of break the break the monotony, the, the ladies would sort of catch up around somebody's house and and uh, b- buy shit from each other, you know. It was really, really strange phenomena. Yeah, but a good one because there was no shop front, there was no shop, there were no bills to pay and you worked off commission. So mm. really cheap for a company and very clever to think Dodgy. of a situation where you roll up in your own car, you might even have a Tupperware car that, that was sort of big in the 90s and then if you had sold enough shit and then um, you roll up to a house and the, you just get out and, and talk shit about how you stick a hot dog up your ass and put it in the plastic container and it works, yay. And people go, oh, my God, I should stick my hot dog up my ass and stick it. That that sounds great. Like it's about making people feel like they can buy the shit and in their own house, man, like it's fucking amazing idea and it's sort of like it the, worked. The- the precursor to internet shopping, isn't it? Like, sh- like in your house, shopping. Exactly. You know exactly. the big novelty of that. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, and you can drink, and the more you drank at a Tupperware the party, the more you brought. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. But good old Tupperware. But uh, there was a guy on the Studio Ten today that does TikTok Tupperware sort of songs and and makes a fortune selling Tupperware. I personally love the shit. It reminds me of my grandmother, the old pictures that, you know, that used to have tang in them. He was bringing that up and and just stuff like that that the 80s we did. If you – I don't know whether Tupperware was as expensive as it is now but it does make your stuff last longer. 
Mate, it I, fuck, and the Tupperware itself fucking lasts forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, lifetime guarantee. Can you remember? There's there's <laughs> there's a particular sort of Tupperware bowl that I reckon everyone who lived through the eighties has got, and it's sort of um, it's sort of like a like a fruit bowl size and shape, but the lid of it is sort of circular and has ridges in it. Yeah, 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 that that was huge. Yeah, they were brown. Yeah, they were. Brown and chutney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So you, if you get those collectibles, they're worth quite a lot of money now. Oh, fuck, heaps. Yep. Yeah, because people use them in movies and stuff and, and, but yeah, no, absolutely. They were orange as well. I remember orange. Yes, orange. And you'd put pineapple in them or, you know, you'd open your can of pineapple, but there you go. I fucking thought that was. Put your fruit salad in there. Yeah, and everything, celery, containers, you name it. But Nanny and used to have it all, you know. Yeah. So we'll go on to the next one, which is someone that sort of became famous while they were 50, which is going ahead a lot. And when we're talking about Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, the voice of God himself. Yes. And I do have a little bit of a, a song edit from one of his movies, which is kind of cute that we can have a listen to. Have a listen to this. This will bring back some memories. End of Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, is that what it is? Jesus. Mm. Well, that was sort of his, uh, you know, one of his sort of breakthrough moments. That movie was a barrel of laughs, wasn't it? Yeah, I haven't seen it, to be honest with you. I haven't seen it. So Jessica Tandy from um, Cocoon. Oh, yeah. Yep. Means nothing. One of those lovely old ladies, actresses, da- darling sort of older actresses from the 80s. Um, yeah. And this was sort of like a, a big sort of two-hander between her and Morgan Freeman. And, yeah, it was very popular, sort of nominated for everything. Mm. I think that was his first Academy Award nominated, uh, no, nomination for that one. But, um, yeah, he had, he had done sort of bit parts here and there in sort of previous years. But but yeah, really didn't didn't have. Um, he had done a lot of stage as well. He had done a lot of Shakespeare, um, and yeah, different stuff. Film isn't for everybody. Um, what I think is great though, especially in the US and and the UK, is yeah, like actors can completely have just a stage career and not not necessarily have to cross into film to make a living. And mm. um, some of them do if they're incredible enough. But, like, he's another example of everything that he then started doing in film was being nominated straight away, you know. Um, he had already cut his teeth 
uh, as an actor in the theatre and, you know, when he uh, when he eventually got to film, it was just blowing everybody away. And a lot of them wait for the right role, don't they, if they're doing theatre? They That's won't right. just it's pick about any role. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Theatre does teach you that writing is the most important thing and so they're not going to sort of – yeah, compromise their career by just doing any old crap. So yeah, waiting for the waiting for a good script to come along. But he's done some great stuff. He's worked with David Fincher in the nineties, uh, doing Seven. That was huge. in In ninety four, he did Shawshank Redemption with um, Tim Robbins. That got him another uh, Oscar nomination, I believe. So yeah, went on to a huge stuff after his big break in Driving Miss Daisy, and that was in 1989. So right at the end of the 80s. Yeah, that's right. He waited a long time, but like you say, they did theatre, and yeah. that's where the incredible acting comes from because it's yep. live. You know, you yeah, can't fuck up when you're live, but you can fuck up and start again on film. You know, I can't express how good the performances were in Hamilton today. They were phenomenal. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. I've My friend Dean directed that. I caught up with him after the show. Oh, great. That's right. Yeah. You talked about him on the Olivia special. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, great. And um, fuck, we realised we, we've, we've kept in touch but we realised we hadn't seen each other for 20 years. Yeah. Um, it's really funny because, like, we do write to each other all the time online um, mm. he's got a bulldog as well and, um, you know, we've all we've been meaning to bloody have play dates with the dogs for like 10 years and just have, have always just been too busy. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was – he he, um, he led us sort of Q&A with the, with the cast, with the students and everything and the kids absolutely loved it, you know. Like oh, getting yeah. To, getting to ask all their little dumb fuck questions <laughs> at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. It's so good for them to see yeah. the real deal. You know? Yeah, for sure. I don't yeah. know whether it changes them, but it's good mm. for them because yeah. it's not all tits and feathers. That's our favourite fucking saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So, how long did he do a Q and A for? Um, Half an hour, or long enough to make his late for a bus, and then oh, uh, right. sort of yeah, get, get the parents whinging because we got the kids back late. But, um, oh, fuck, look, it's so hard to get kids interested in stuff today that when, yeah, they, of when they show an interest in something, because we sort of got up to leave uh, because they were taking forever to set up the Q&A, you know, while the actors got changed and everything, and we thought, oh, fuck this, we'll just go, go and jump on the bus and get them home on time and, you know, they missed the Q&A but whatever. And right as we got up, they walk out on stage and the kids just lost it and we're like, nah, fuck it. You know, they yeah. they were really excited about talking to the actors. They'll probably, they'll, you know, it'll probably get them really invested in um, performing arts because yeah. um, it's just great. You know, you do something like this with the kids and for a lot of them it would have been their first show and it just gets them completely invested in, in performing arts. It becomes really important to them rather than mm. just – you know, something you can go and fuck around in, you know. Mm, mm, that's mm. right. And how long did the show go for? Two hours or? It was three hours with an interval in between. So so yeah. the kids actually sat through kids three hours. They loved it. They raced up wow. to me in the interval. Yeah, they raced up to me in the interval and they were like, okay, 
Because it moves very quickly. Hamilton, it's all done in sort of like rapping and scatting and uh, like oh, okay. very modern modern street music, you know. Yeah, and right. they spit out the rhymes so fucking quickly, just like a rapper would have today. And so I think the kids' ears were really attuned to that in a way that maybe the adults weren't, you know. Yeah, So sure. they really connected to it. They loved it. And, um, uh yeah, they they just they wanted to know all about it because it's about sort of Americans America's independence and so forth, and that's not something that they've particularly been studying. And they just wanted me to give them a quick fucking rundown about you know oh what actually happened you know was that real yeah and, right um, yeah so I'm gonna I'm putting together sort of a bit of a package for them because now they've got an interest in fucking American history and you know. God, yeah, try to right. try to get them invested in any kind of history in any by any description, and it's so fucking difficult, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a long day for them too. You know, how old yeah. were these kids? Oh, roughly nine to about thirteen or so. Wow, so it's a tricky age group. It's a very tricky age group, but they were impeccable today. They were completely. Soaked up by the show. And we were lucky because we got the first four rows. So it was all happening right right in front of them. And the actors were looking at the kids and they could not believe it. Like the first time one of the actors looked at one of the kids and sang to that kid, he turned around to me and it was like, I feel famous now just because he looked at me. And it was like, fuck, this is great because it's live. And I I said to the kids, you can't go in there eating your snacks, chatting to each other because it's not a fucking screen. These are real live breathing actors on stage and they will get distracted and they will see it all. So you've got to just sit there, be still and what and soak up the show. And they did. Um, but when when the sort of fourth world wall got broken by the actors looking in at the kids, they just couldn't believe it. They just lost their minds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was beautiful. Not like our gigs where we get a fucking prize ham with some chicken yeah. and knickers up the front. Bloody she shows hell. She shows us her oh. flange. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. God, I that happened for a while. Oh, my God. Well, that was the Burval, Dirty Burv, mate. That happens there yeah. all the time. Fucking <laughs> yeah. So the next yeah. one um, is a ripper as well, but I'm going to start with playing this track because this is the movie that he really sort of started to come through with. Yo, right here, man. Kick that one. Out. Uh, do the right thing. Not 
talking about a black or white thing Cause that will cause conflict and make this shit legit But your definition of legit and illegitimate is confusing Now the redhead wanna say to make things clearer Cause in about a year or two What you do is take a look up in the mirror And what you see is the image of hate That you shed upon the others, the sisters and your brothers Now, in my opinion, you need someone to teach The whole world is acting like a giant Howard Beach I asked my man Victor what he used to do for fun He said he learned to shoot a gun before the age of 21 Crime and abortion, no cons of my distortion This is very important, but just a little caution And what you can do, that's a clue, and it's true Yo, don't want a brand new sweater and make your life better And do the right thing Do the right thing You got to do the right thing Love that track. Fucking fantastic. Samuel Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson. Now, um... He was pretty old. He did pop up in this and that as well, like little bit parts Yeah, that's right. Um, I remember him being in, oh, fuck, Coming to America in 88. Can you remember he was the guy that held up the fucking shop? No. Yeah, he comes, he's like a sort of, he's like a cracky that comes in and holds up uh, McDowell's and they they pull out all their fucking martial arts and... And that's how they become the heroes, you remember? But, um, I actually don't remember the movie. Isn't that fucked? Yeah, it's right. just not one of my favourite movies. Mm, um, yeah. But anything by Spike Lee I fucking love, you know. He's a great actor, Samuel L. Jackson. He does play Samuel L. Jackson in every movie he's in. Well, um, at 42. Yeah. Probably can afford yeah. to. Mm. Well, that's it. Yeah, he's he's got such a strong persona, um, and and people love him. You know, he's 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 fucking great in everything he does, um, and yeah, got got his sort of big break at the end of the eighties. He was a certain of a certain age. He was uh, forty two and bloody do the right thing. Yeah, and then he did Jungle Fever in nineteen ninety one. That was a big one for him as yeah. well. But yeah. Yeah, he did do a lot of parts and a lot of bit parts and stuff, which you do enough of them and you kind of want to give up. You go, oh, really? Maybe it's not, you know, but he got there in the end. Yeah. And I remember 89 so clearly because I was working at an R&B club and this song was the fucking song you wanted to hear all the time. Just the bass, you know. Yeah. And... It reminded me of when this movie was out and and stuff like that and I linked the two together. I don't even know if they're together but I'm sure they are. And it was just a really great time of the community coming through and and I don't know, it was trendy, it was fun, it was fucking great, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the next um, one we got, yeah, sorry, Kate, yep. I was just going to say in 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 93 he did Jurassic Park which um was the biggest film in the world like at this time like it was absolutely fucking huge and then in 94 he did Pulp Fiction and that just he just became a cult hero in that yeah, that's moment right. you know um yep. Tarantino's always loved him they've worked together heaps uh god yeah Pulp Fiction 
which uh, what else have they done to oh true romance they did uh Jackie Brown fucking heaps they've worked a, a, a lot together mm. and a lot of his more recent stuff as well Tarantino's more recent stuff as well like Django yeah. and stuff but pulp um, fiction yeah. brought a whole another generation to him as well you gotcha. know of younger people where yeah. they loved him in that with John Travolta it's a pretty good mm. movie. I watched it the other night actually. I love it. And I'd it. never really sat down and watched it. And yeah. I might have just sort of been halfway through and it was just fucking great. And I thought I'll sit here and watch this and then Maddie comes in and he goes, are you watching Pulp Fiction? And I'm like, I know, yeah. right? I don't even know why. It just came on, you know, one of the, the channels. It was it was such but a yeah. it was such a big explosion of a film in, in 94, Pulp Fiction. So many people have yeah, it was an idea about Pulp Fiction, but they haven't actually seen it. You know what I mean? Um, but it's funny; it did sort of um, had, a, you know, the, the performances in it. Like you forget that Bruce Willis was even in it. Um, but you know, he did great. Bloody John Travolta, of course. Uma Thurman. You know, bloody. Yeah, it's a great film. I love it. It's fucking fantastic. And it, it brought John Travolta back out of gotcha. the cupboard as well, you know. Yeah, And yeah. I, I find it, it's a flash dance of the 90s because that dance thing that they do with their fingers that every dumb shit does when they hear oh, that yeah. song. Yeah. It's a teenage word and, you know, that shit. Yeah, yeah. That caught on more than fucking what a feeling, flash dance. Like it was the yeah. same thing and I remember thinking, no, it's not for me but I can see why it's happened, you know. Yeah, it was just old school and cool, you know. Um, and Irma, yeah, you know when when she dies of an OD and they needle her and it's hilarious. Irma, that's right. Yeah, right in the yeah. heart with the with the needle. Oh, God, so dramatic. Yeah, yeah, which is apparently a metaphor for Cupid's bow and that's like uh, Cupid's uh, arrow and that's her getting shot in the heart by Cupid's arrow and falling in right. love. Right, okay, so, right, yeah, of course. Yeah, a bit heavy though, isn't it? Yeah, oh, fuck it, it is very brutal. And a bit expensive as well. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, the next one we've got is Bonnie Raitt. I want to bring up Bonnie Raitt because this is, we brought this up, Dallas and I, we brought up Bonnie and how we knew she was old but I don't know, we didn't care. She had the coolest fucking hair with this blonde streak and she was very, there was something about her, absolutely. So I'm going to play a track from the 80s that she sang live, which I think is amazing. It's a really good version and have a listen to this. I'm here 
Good backing vocals too on that. Love it. Fucking incredible delivery of a lyric. Yeah, no, that's right. Really good. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like the phrasing's so unique, isn't it? Like you hear every part of the word, you know? Yeah. I, oh, I she just, was talented. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love when a singer just gets their mouth around the word and you just – you, you you're not having to lean forward to work out what they're fucking saying. I we, mm. we went out we went out last week for a drink. Rarely we got a babysitter for a couple of hours. Who babysit? Um, oh, bloody Mika's Mika's mum. Not bloody. Oh Mika's yeah, great. Mum, but Mika's no. mum. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I'm too happy to watch the bubba. But yeah. Um, yeah, um, we went out for went out for a drink and there was <laughs> there, there was a duo playing. We, I said quickly, Mika, film her for Sammy. This is going to be fucking great. I'll send it to you after this. You can Was it an acoustic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Female vocals. They're always better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a dude on a guitar and the chick singing, you could not understand a thing this chick said. Really? Not That's a word. Camp. And she was Where singing. Was- she was just overdoing it and like singing like fucking Jessica Simpson or something like. Wow. Oh, it was just re- the weirdest Thank thing I've ever seen. God, I wasn't there. You would have been screaming at a Sammy. I'm screaming for sure. And, I'm and not I, afraid um, of a scream. I said to Mika, you would have been fucking heckling, like throwing your shoe at her head. She, she, um. <laughs> It was just the weirdest fucking thing, and let you make make a film that. So I'll send it to you after. Yeah, this. that's it's, great. I'd love it's to so see fucking it. Funny. Where in a, where were you? What area of Melbourne? Oh, uh, the Imperial Hotel, which is um, they've got a rooftop garden directly across from uh, State Parliament. I was I walked past it again today, but um, yeah, right. Yeah, top. You know, right at the top near Spring Street, like there's, there's like a few rooftop venues up there. But um, yeah, oh, they pack it out like in in footy season. They got big footy screens up there. Yeah, right. It was it was great. Wow. Was, really was nice. she young? Was she a youngie? Yeah, she was young. She <laughs> great voice. Like hit hit every fucking note, mind you. Like you know, she probably is really in love with her own voice and stuff. But yeah, but just not just connecting. what she was doing lyrically was really fucking shitting me. She's like, just yeah, sing right. the song. Yeah. Sing the song. Well, that's like um, I've been looking at a lot of versions of Running Up That Hill and little girls singing that and it's mm. fucking annoying. It's like just sing it the way it's meant to be fucking sung. Yeah. You don't get it. Stop fucking TikToking the shit. Yeah. I, yeah. I really think you've got to stay simple and just fucking do it, you know. But I don't like anyone changing a song like from Kate no. Bush anyway, you know. It's yeah, not fucking nah. your song. And, no. And I, it's just been like even my little girl that I had, for, she's like, oh, look at this. This is my friend doing um, running up that hill and I'm like, mm, no, turn it off, turn it off. I don't want to say it, <laughs> you know. It's got to be 80s or it's got to be someone doing it that, that's older that knows what they're fucking doing. Yeah. Um, and you go to teach them that song. I've got a couple of students that are learning it after seeing us at Bunjil. They want to do that song. And you've got to pull them back and strip them back to being less of a singer and more of a, a fucking, you know, just give it to them heart and soul. Don't over sing everything, you know. And it's really yeah. hard for them to understand. 
but yeah. really interesting to watch how the generations are articulating different songs that aren't in their generation because of the shit they're listening to now. It's very hard for them to stay on that same sort of thing, you know. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Bonnie Raitt yeah. though, we're on talking about Bonnie Raitt. I never knew how old she was but she looked a bit like my grandmother, I must admit. But yeah. she's only, f- I mean, she was 40 when she had her first album out that was That's successful. It. Yeah. But again, still working today, still touring and looks the fucking same, you know? Yeah. Looks the she's same. unforgettable. Yes, she is. She is. Now, the next one we've got before we go, guys, because we're running out of time, is Alan Rickman. Uh, you know more about Alan. He was quite an old duck, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he um, you know, once again, uh, English actor, big theatre actor. He studied at RADA, which is the big drama school in London, Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. You know how in Australia we've got NIDA, National... Institute of Dramatic Art. Um, obviously, Rada's a lot older. And then he went and became a, a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company and he did, oh, you know, they do they do many shows a year. And so he did a lot of his training with Shakespeare. Um, he, he was in uh, the stage production that RSC did of uh, Les Liaisons Dangerous or Dangerous Liaisons. Um, so another one that's done dangerously as on there. A lot of stage stuff. He's, he's, um, you would know him, of course, if you're, you know, an 80s child as playing Hans Gruber from Die Hard, that incredible, uh, villain from Die Hard who has the, you know, the big ending where it falls off the, the side of the building that, Everyone gets to watch every Christmas because it's on every fucking Christmas, this film. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of Christmas songs on the soundtrack, isn't there? Well, it's set in Christmas. It's, you Is know, it? Yeah, I've never seen yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. But um, if you're sort of a little bit younger, you'd know him as Severus Snape from Harry Potter. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But he – Amazing. Um, didn't get his – he was 42 in Die Hard. I mean, he looks fucking great for 42 in Die Hard. Um, and, and I think this is why it was sort of so so devastating because he only he only died recently. He died in, mm. in 2016 and um, it, it was really horrible and everybody was like, oh, my God, he, he seems he seems so young. Like he seems to have died so young. But, yeah, he was actually – he was actually a lot older than you think because he has had his success later on. But look, he did some fucking cool stuff while he was around. Um, uh, certain people might know him from Sense and Sensibility. He was in uh, Galaxy Quest as well. Uh, what else did he do? Some really cool stuff. Love Actually, of course. Remember Love Actually? Him and Love Actually I do. with Emma Thompson. Yeah, yeah, I love that. that. Cool. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. So the That's only track big that I Christmas could, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. The only track I could resonate, and I remember this track coming out, and I didn't know it had anything to do with the movie, was this one by Stevie Wonder.
Oh, I love hearing Stevie Wonder. And that's one person that. Skeletons, huh? Skeletons, yeah, from the album characters. Bit of of push button funk. Yeah, and you know, Stevie Wonder was a very early childhood protege. Like, not a protege, but he was eight when he became, started in the industry, you know? Yeah. And nothing like these artists, you know, like he got straight in there as a kid, like Michael Jackson almost. You know, yeah, that's right. On harmonica, yeah, and stuff like that. They, but you know, these a lot of these names that we've mentioned, they seem to have very steady lives. You know what I mean? Like they don't because they haven't gotten that fame when they're younger. They've got no right. need to sort of make you know their their mistakes publicly because they don't have that fame there. That a lot of the mistakes that they make earlier in their life, and so you don't know a lot about their personal life because they're not sort of they're not uh magazine fodder you know they're not their lives aren't splashed through the tabloids and stuff they're just not doing stupid shit interesting that we bring up sylvester stallone that's sort of in the media a bit now over his dog with his wife something happened with the dog maybe he's still got doggy issues from fucking when he was trying to get there maybe yeah you know i'm just thinking maybe wasn't he um wasn't he shift wasn't he doing something like shifting money squirreling money away or something who knows yeah who knows Anyway, that'd be right. Who fucking – but uh, <laughs> I thought it was about the dog. I don't know. I, I don't – but, yeah, he's <laughs> sort of all shit. over the place. But, yeah, I, I mean that was the first time I've really heard anything about Sylvester for years. Yeah, so yeah. in saying that and, I mean, we never hear about Blondie or Deborah Harry. They never did bad shit. You're right. They never did anything that was controversial. Yeah. Mm, love it. Mm. So where's the bubba now? Is he asleep? They're both crashed out on the couch waiting for me to finish because I'm in the bedroom. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the fucking the, – the baby doesn't want, want to be put down at the moment. Like he, you know, he just wants to hang out with us all the really? time. So, yeah, oh, yeah. Cute. And we've sort of – Get a lot of conflicting device, advice about that. Like a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, no, you don't want them to be too clingy and everything." And then other people say, "No, when they, you know they're looking for that sort of companionship, don't fucking freak them out by not giving it to them." You know, but um, well, I yeah. know that Josh, who plays bass for us, his little mm. girl sleeps in the bed with him, and when it's time to breastfeed, she just rolls over and gives her the tit, and mm, fucking great. sleeps through the breastfeed. Like Gee, half Josh's luck if she fucking rolls over the wrong way. There yeah, you go, Josh. no, they do. They're doing that. I think it's called something where they're in the bed together. Um, can't remember what it's called, but they're all sleeping in the same bed. You know, isn't that lovely? It is Which, quite cute. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'd be worried cute. about rolling on them, but I think <laughs> yeah, you've got exactly. instincts where you know. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I, th- I don't know, babe, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also he just wants to hang out. Yeah, yeah, he just wants to hang out with what us. What happens so when you put, put him down? down? He just cries. Just has a bit of a grizzle. If he can – because he can see us now. He can really – he sort of locks into of our course, eyes. Of course, his eyes, yeah. He can, yeah, he yeah. can really see. Um, so yeah. n- now he can kind of – 
um, tell when you're there or not, you know. Um, before he couldn't. So, yeah, right. Yeah, he just wants to hang out and be close with us. So, yeah. Which we're happy to do because he's such a beautiful bubba. We love him. We're fucking obsessed. It's all I can think about. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, wow. Mm. That's fantastic. So how's work going around that? Like you're going to work every day still? Not too bad. I'm we- sort of working every day still. Um, I, my work days are like full. I'm working through my lunch hours as well just because my workload at the moment's really full on. Um, yeah. Yeah, my yeah. uni workload, I'm on, on to my second last subject, so I'm nearly done. Um, so that'll be great to have that off my fucking shoulders and I'll just have a bit more time for a change um, to do mm. what I want to do. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to finishing that. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I think that's our show for tonight. We've done it remote sure because – Bond busy, 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 mate. Busy. Fucking yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't think we've done a show since the baby's born, have we? What, out at we your place? We haven't done a show. No. We did three or last we? week. Not last week. It was three weeks ago. Well, we did three last time I came to see you. Oh, so it was, was he born, was he? He was, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, God, yeah, yeah. He's I'm a getting month old. the twice mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting yeah. the one before mixed up. Where we did uh, two, where we got yeah, right, really right. emotional. I think that's the one I remember more than the other one. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Month old. Oh, my God. Before. That was a, that was like a week before. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. God, crazy. There you go. Mm. Well, woof, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Maddie said we've really got to go and see this baby before it's driving, and I went, "Yeah, oh, good point. fuck yeah, absolutely. You know? No, come anytime. Come anytime. <laughs> come when you're free." I was free. like, "Well." You just don't know with COVID and all that crap and, you know, yeah. I don't – it's just so tricky but mm. – Come whenever you want if you're not in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we won't be in Sydney. Well, right. we're not that much, like two days or something but um, yeah. the just depends. But, yeah, no, awesome, honey. Well, we are the 80s Montage. If you would like to subscribe on every platform you can, that would be really cool. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on anything that is connected to uh, Pod- Podomatic, which is our server. And you can also uh, get on the 80s Montage podcast website, which is the80smontage.com. And if you want to Patreon, that would be cool as well. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. And we would love to have you as subscribers. We've been really charting in Uganda. Um, We've been charting in Africa. It's been incredible. I haven't really put the charts up of late because there's so many of them. But – the last couple of episodes have been – well, no, the last four episodes have been really cool, which is great. So thank you for your support in downloading. Good on you guys all around the world. Just saying a big g'day to all of our existing subscribers. Get your friends on board, please. And, uh, yeah, like Sammy mentioned, become a patron. But for anybody who wants to come and see us live, come and see us live with the Rewind 80s band, guys, all around Australia. Yeah, we're in Mildura on the 24th of September. Mildura will be fun and 
I can't even remember the other dates. It's the year's going so quick, you know, but you can look on rewindadiesband.com and all our dates are on there, which is very cool. Awesome, guys. Take it easy. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's ep on our uh, late bloomers, these incredible, <laughs> interesting people. And uh, yes. if it's music mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal. Unreal.